The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents... Last week on the Spark Podcast, we opened up a conversation about the power of asking for help and also explored why so many of us don't and why we ask for things we don't actually need instead and what to do about that with Spark Brain Trust member, Deborah Owens. So Deborah is the founder of her own consulting firm, Corporate Ellicott, where she advises and coaches people of color in all aspects of career visioning and development. She has this incredible ability to see what's happening under the surface in any given situation and ask questions that get to the heart of the matter and reveal possibilities that feel both empowering and expensive. This week, in part two of that conversation, we then dive into practical steps that help you know how to most effectively communicate your request for help by asking for help. She shares that it's worth being bold when it comes to asking for help for what you need and reminds us that the right ask, at the right time, with someone willing and able to help you could very well be not just career-changing, but life-changing, so it is a muscle worth learning to flex more often. As always, we hope you enjoy this sparked hot take on what it means to ask for help, and we hope it offers you valuable insight and tools to make progress in the projects you're working on or the challenges you may be experiencing. So excited to share this with you. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Spark. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. So then... We've sort of talked about some of the things to be aware of and maybe not to do. Let's talk about how to actually make the ask. I mean, let's say, you know, you're willing to actually, you're willing to push forward and say, okay, I'm going to ask for help. What are some of the things that you feel are really important about teeing up that ask to make it more likely for somebody to say yes? I think a good ask for help needs to be specific. Make it clear what you need me to do, because sometimes people don't ask because they're not sure. So, for example, I'll share this with with you and maybe you'll share your experience. So as I was thinking about this conversation we're going to have, I was like, what was my most important ask for help? 
that really stands out in my mind. And it happened when I think I was 23 years old and I went to, do you remember, I'm aging myself. This is back when the dinosaurs roamed. But do you remember when they used to have these sales forums? It was like Tom Hopkins. I don't know if you remember him. Zig Mm -hmm. Ziglar. Okay. So I went to one of those because I was in sales and it was like a $75 ticket for a 23 year old. That was a lot of money. So I go and I think I'm the only black woman there. It's like in a hotel and, you know, I buy the cassette tapes that were like another $75, a lot of money. And then there's this guy, he gets up and says, you know, I read your book and my goal was to prove you wrong. And guess what? The techniques worked. I made over $75,000, la, 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 la. And he happened to be an African-American man. I think the only other African-American person in there. I'm just sharing those details. And I was like, wow, because I'm, you know, I'm 23 years old, probably making $20,000, $25,000 a year, if 25000 So I'm like, wow. So fast forward, I get an interview with my first big corporate corporation. And they say to me, you have to do a sales presentation. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So this person that I met, his name was Myron. I had gone up to him afterwards and Jonathan, I used to be really shy. So I had to talk myself into going up to him. Seriously. It wasn't like people like, oh, Debbie, you were never shy. No, really, I was. And I went up to him and I said, hi, you know, my name is Deborah Owens. I loved what you said. I'd love to, you know, I don't know. I might have said exchange business cards because that's what you did back then. Or or maybe, you know, reach out to you some version of that. And I'm sure it wasn't very eloquent. Right. And then this opportunity came up and I was like, I'm going to call Myron. And then I went through all of the anxiety that you have. Like, is he going to remember me? Should I ask? What if he says no? I don't even know this person. He doesn't know me. And I just psyched myself up and I was like, I'm going to ask. So I called him and here was my ask. I said, hi, Myron. This is Deborah Owens. We met at the sales, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'm reaching out to you because I have an interview with this company and I have to do a sales presentation. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to help me maybe do some role playing with me because I know you're really great in that area. And Jonathan, that took a lot for a 23-year-old, a shy 23-year-old to reach out to a total stranger. And Here's the thing. He could have said, you know what I recommend you do? I recommend you read his book and focus on chapters eight or nine. He could have said that. But you know what he said? Sure. Um, We decided to meet. He came over to my apartment. Don't ask. I don't know where my stranger danger was, but I did have a roommate. He came over with a tape recorder and notepad. I was there and we probably spent two hours together role playing. And he was really grilling me. That was one of the most impactful asks in my life because it changed the trajectory of my career. Someone who didn't know me from Adam didn't have to help, but they did. And I went in, I nailed it, I got the job. And from then on, my career kind of took off. But that was a game changer. Yeah. Like, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't reached out to him and he hadn't been so generous. And then the other part of it that he didn't realize, because I, I looked him up like 20 something years later, right? And I actually did a little little interview with him. And I was like, Myron, you changed my life. And I said, 
I respond to people when they ask for help the same way he responded to me, because that was really my first foray into asking for help. So not only did he help me, but he modeled how you should help others. So that was my experience. You ask somebody for help, they're going to help you. So when people ask me for help, I'm like, sure, kind of long, but no, but I love My that. My ask was very specific. And do you remember your your most important ask? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that while you were talking. And I don't remember my most important ask. Um, because I feel like I'm I'm asking all the time. I'm asking so many people all the time. And whether it's for help figuring out um I am I'm not great with technology, <laughs> um, you know, like help, like figuring out any kind of tech. Like I have, I'm asking people mm-hmm. on my team, you know, mm-hmm. there's um, when we've launched books or products or things like that. Um, we have often, we have somebody on our team who serves as a launch manager for things who she's mm-hmm. amazing at process. And it's funny. Um, I basically, we, we set up the arrangement to say, okay, so I'm hiring you. So in theory, you're working mm-hmm. for me. But mm-hmm. the way I want this to work is I'm working for you. Like you be my boss um, because mm-hmm. I don't know everything that you know. And I'm going to mm-hmm. constantly be asking you questions about what you need me to do and how do I do this and how do I do that? So I, I tend to put myself in a situation where I'm perpetually asking other people for help. Um, and I mm-hmm. think I've been doing that long enough that I'm pretty, com- it's just become my way of being. And also, you know, I've been in the, podcasting space for um, over a decade now. And um, while we have, especially with our our sister podcast, Good Life Project, you know, we are pitched nonstop all day, every day. Um, so people are asking me all day, every day to have people on the show. Um, in the very early days, especially when we weren't established, we had no reputation, people had no idea. We were, I was just going, I was emailing, I was meeting people at events and conferences and saying, hey, would you be a guest mm-hmm. on this show? And I got a whole lot of no's. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn over time, how do I frame this request mm-hmm. in a way that'll make it more likely to say, um, for people to say yes. You know, do mm-hmm. I say, you know, no prep needed. You don't have to be camera ready. It's going to be really mm-hmm. fun and easygoing. It's not a gotcha conversation. Mm-hmm. And I learned that they're all like your specificity, just like you're describing, mm-hmm. get really, really clear about the ask and also about the fact that it's going to be um, as, as enjoyable um, and specific and sort of like mm-hmm. time bound. Um, mm-hmm. So people can really understand what they're saying yes to, which I found really makes it easier too. It absolutely does. And um, I just, my hope is that maybe people are listening and they go, you know what? Why don't I just ask? Right. And the other thing that I see sometimes in my clients is you make an ask for help, but it's not the help you really need. You're making an ask for the help you think you should be asking for, not Mm. for the help that you really need, because you don't want to think you don't want somebody to think that you don't know. Right. And that brings up the word vulnerable. Like I have a friend and this I've been telling him this for years. I'm like, what you do better than anybody I know is being vulnerable. And what I mean by that is. He is so great at reaching out to people and asking for help and openly saying, I'm not sure where to go. Or here's my approach. So he won't go in there and say, hey, Jonathan, can you um, can you 
I don't know, can can you put together something for me about podcasting that I could share with, you know, this group? He would be something like, hey, Jonathan, you've been in the podcasting space. I'm putting something together. Um, here's my approach to it. Here's what I put together. I don't know if I'm on the mark because I don't really have any experience other than listening to podcasts. Can, would you mind taking a few minutes to take a look at my approach and the things that are highlighting to make sure these are the things that my audience would need? Like, so he's saying, I, I don't know, but here's what I'm thinking, right? So that's, so you're like, okay, one, you're like, oh, I can add value here, right? And okay, so he's got an approach. I've looked and maybe he even sent it to you in advance. And you're like, okay, this looks pretty good, but there's some some things he might have missed here. That's easy. So instead of instead of asking for what you think you can ask for, like, um, Jonathan, can you just look over this and tell me if it's okay? What you really want to know is, is this gonna really have value? Like, am I am I missing something here? Am I doing this right? Right. People Love are scared that. to ask that. Sometimes I've, I've had to say to people, am I doing this right? I have no, I mean, seriously, I yeah. have no idea what I'm doing. I, like, is this right? I literally said the other day I was talking to somebody um, who is sort of like much further down the road in in business mm-hmm. and building and exiting and all mm-hmm. this stuff than me. And I sort of like laid out what I was working on. And my question was just, what am I missing? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I also, but also at the same time, I teed it up, you know, so what you've shared so far is so that you've already done the work, right? Mm-hmm. Ask for the thing that you actually need rather than the thing you think you can get um, and mm-hmm. be really specific. And I think those three things are so important when you're teeing up uh, a question. Mm-hmm. Um, are, there, are there any more sort of like guidelines that you think are, would really help when you're asking for help? I think just don't be afraid to let people know that you don't know, Hmm. right? And I think having the belief that most people want to help if they can. So without getting too woo-woo, Jonathan, I do want to say something quick about mindset. And this has taken me a long time. I am your, uh, the perpetual late bloomer. So things that take people you know, a few years have probably taken me decades, but it's true. But here's what I've learned about that is it is okay to let people know where you are, where you want to be, how you plan to get there and how they can be of help. And when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about so many people approach asking for help with the mindset that they're going to say no anyway. And I don't know how to explain it, but it kind of leaks out of your body that that energy. That's I, so I great. can't explain <laughs> it's, it it's any other way. People, people feel that like they can. Yeah, you can, you can read it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, Jonathan, um, I know you're really busy and you probably don't have time for this, but could you do X, Y and Z? It just, I don't know. It's that energy just seeps out of you. And one of the things that I always try to approach it as is I'm going to approach it in this way. If they can help, they will. That's it. And if they can't, they're going to tell me. Right. I mean, Jonathan, I had a little anxiety over an ask I made for you. (laughs) You know, it, I was like, oh, I don't know. Should I ask? Uh, a lot of people ask him, but I, I made the ask anyway. 
And I remember you know that. And I was, I was, yeah. And I was so glad you did. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I really had to, you know, oh, I don't know. And then it was like, well, I'm going to do this. Right. So just know, and the studies show that people feel good after they help somebody. This is scientific, literally scientific data. There are multiple studies that show people want to help. It makes them feel good. And something else the data showed, which was very disturbing to me, is that that feeling of not wanting to appear weak and incompetent shows up as early as seven years of age. Mm. Yeah. Right. So for parents, I guess. And people who are around kids, it's really good to model asking for help. Love that. That there's nothing wrong asking for help because I was shocked when I read that. But think about if you develop this mindset at seven that you don't want to ask for help because you don't want to be weak. Can you imagine all of the extra work and disappointment and opportunities missed? Hmm. Yeah. And there are no new stories. There's no new stories. You know, somebody has the answer. And that's what I say to people when they, they'll say, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, well, who in your company would know this? Somebody knows. Who would that be? And they're like, well, maybe so-and-so would know. Ask them. And sometimes people go, well, what do I ask? Ask for the information you need. Mm, love it. And it's it's so hard because it's so simple. If Right. Yeah. And it means the hardest it, things are sometimes the simplest things. Right. It makes us be vulnerable. But I think if we have this framework, mm-hmm. you know, like do some of the work to show that you're actually invested in it. Ask for the thing you need, not the thing that you think you can get. Be very specific when you make the ask um, and prepare your mind, like go into it with a mindset saying like, yeah, like this could happen. If they can help, they'll help rather than saying like, oh, this is going to be a burden for them. They're going to say no, like all like you, all the, all the things that you were mentioning before. I'm curious, as we wrap this up, what do you think about mm-hmm. inviting folks to do something like a seven-day ask challenge where like for the next week, let's say, um, once a day, like, like ask mm-hmm. for help. And it can mean the small, like the tiniest little thing, like mm-hmm. the smallest little thing that you feel is, you know, like inconsequential, but just to practice the skill of asking for help. What do you think about, about, about offering our, our listening community something, an, an invitation to step into that? I think that would be great. I think start small, but at the end of seven days, get bold nah. and really make a life-changing ask. And a life-changing ask can still be small, but it's that information that you really need to get over something that's kept you stuck. Mm. Like, I'm, I believe in the small wins, but I also believe in, you know, give yourself some time to practice and then just dare yourself to go for it. Love it. With preparation. Love it. Because it will be life changing. I mean, I think about Myron all the time, like what would have happened to me if I hadn't asked? And would I still be, would I, would it still be my intention to be as helpful to other people if he hadn't been helpful to me or had been really mean to me? Right. I don't know, but I think about that often and he had no idea the impact he made. And that's the other thing. People want to help. And remember, it's not a quid pro quo. When I work with people or my clients or some organization, My happy space, my happiest space is when somebody says, Debbie, 
you know that thing you said about X, Y, and Z? I tried it. And now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. That will have me on a high for about seven days because everybody wants to feel like they're contributing something, that they're giving something back, that they're making the world a better place in whatever capacity you have. And so just remember that, like just people want to help. And one of the things I, I say, and please let people know if it helped Mm. or at least that you listened and you tried it. You may not have gotten the the expected outcome, but people love that. And they will help you again when you, they know that you're actually doing something with it. Right. Because I will tell you this and don't judge me, Jonathan, when I tell you this, but sometimes people will call me, maybe a friend of a friend and they'll ask me and I'll, I'll be on the phone with them for like an hour or so. And then giving suggestions. And then they'll call me back two years later and they'll ask me the same questions all over again. Cause they haven't, done anything. And then they want me to have that same conversation with them again. And I'm like, my, my feedback or my help is the same. It was two years ago, because I'm not going to have that conversation with you again. Yeah. I think that's so important. I don't know if you would do that, but no, I, I, I'm just like, I've done the same thing and I've experienced the same thing. I think you're so right. You know, when you go to somebody and make an ask. Um, and, and this is, as you're speaking, one of the things that I realize I, I do almost sort of like unconsciously now is when somebody makes an ask of me is I'll immediately try and figure out, are they looking for insight or validation? Mm-hmm. So if it's insight, I'm much more like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is somebody who's not coming to me saying, mm-hmm. I've made my mind up. Like this thing is right. This idea is the thing that I want to push forward. I just want you to basically, I'm coming to you not because I actually want your genuine thoughts or opinions or insights. I kind of just want you to validate my decision. The thing that I've already decided, but I'm just kind of not owning. And it, usually you can kind of tell that. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I bring that up is because it plays into the scenario you just talked about. Because if somebody's coming to you for validation and not insight, and you don't validate their beliefs or their values or their choices or the thing that they want to move forward, then you're going to offer you know, like whatever it is that you have to offer and they will either go completely ignore it or go in a completely opposite direction. Um, And then if the time comes for them to circle back to you and want more input, you're going to be much less inclined to give it because you say, well, I gave that person an hour of my time or whatever it was. And for some reason, they completely ignored it. Not to assume that everybody has to buy into everything that you say as gospel is like the right answer, of course. Like, But you want to know that they've at least seriously weighed it or considered it because they came to you. Right. And you said yes to that. And when it becomes really clear that they didn't, it makes it so much less likely that you will continue to right. um, say yes in the future. So I think that's also you, a really important point that you bring up, which is yeah. that if you're going to ask for help, go into that ask genuinely open to listening and to really thinking about what what is being offered and if it feels appropriate and right to you to taking like that input and that guidance. Because the person giving help, one of the things that, as you described, gives them that giver's glow is knowing that they've genuinely made a difference. And if you walk away from that entire experience having done nothing, then that person who said yes to you doesn't ever get that feeling and it becomes a frustrating thing if you come back to them because they, they'll assume it's going to be frustrating again. So it's much less likely to be a yes. So it's, I'm so glad that you actually sort of like brought that up in the conversation. And I just thought of one more thing, Jonathan, and this comes up a lot 
when I'm talking with folks is if you ask someone for help and they can't do it when you need it, that is not a no, right? Because sometimes people hear no when it's not a no. You know, sometimes people say, well, I reached out to Jonathan Fills for help. He said to send an email. Well, I sent an email and he hasn't gotten back to me. I'm like, well, when did you send the email? Three weeks ago. I said, well, my guess is you're probably not on his top 100. It's not a no. You don't know what's going on in his life right now. Um, There could be a crisis at work with family. And so just realize that just because someone can't do it or they didn't get back to you doesn't mean it's a no. And I kind of live by this mantra and it's not for everybody. But unless you say no, Debbie, don't reach out to me again. There's still an opportunity because I'm like, I know, Jonathan, how many people have you been meaning to get back to that you haven't gotten back to in the time frame that you want it right at this moment? How many could you probably name just off the top of your head? I couldn't even begin to to count, sadly. (laughs) Right. But it doesn't mean that you don't want to get back to them or that you're not going to get back to them or that you don't want to help them. It just means that you're bandwidth and there are other things going on. So I just want people to also don't make things that aren't a no a no, because unless somebody says, don't call me again, I don't want to help you. It's not a no in my book. Right. So everybody can have their own version of that. But I'm, I often say, well, why don't you reach back out to him? Well, I've already reached out to him twice. Well, maybe he's busy. You know, maybe it got lost. Reach out again until they say don't reach out again. There's an opportunity. Now, I'm not saying make this your life's work. Right. But give it a good shot. Right. I believe you should at least reach out to somebody at least three times if it's important, because anything could happen. And, you know, my father died last year and there are people I'm still apologizing for for not getting back. They're like, well, I sent you something. I'm like, you know what? That whole year was a blur. But how can I help you now? How can I support you? But life happened to me and everything just got shut down. And so it's not personal You know, so I think manage those expectations because I would rather somebody not get back to me than just say no. Right. Because if they don't get back to me, I'm like, oh, they probably missed the email. I kind of tell myself a whole series of stories. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep reaching out to them. And usually when they reach back out to you, they have so much guilt. They just felt awful. They're like, oh, my God, (laughs) Debbie, I know you sent me five emails. I'm so sorry. Take advantage of that. You know, make your ass then and there. But people want to help. But sometimes, you know, stuff happens. So don't make somebody not being available then and there a no. Yeah. And and I'll even to add to that, um, if I make an ask and, and I get a response either from the person or the people's people, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> happens depending people's. who they are, it, it'll be like, uh, so sorry, it sounds like, um, you know, like we'd love to do it, but just like, you know, too wrapped up in this project or this or this or this mm-hmm. or traveling or on the road. I will, I will sometimes respond, like completely understand, mm-hmm. would it be okay if I reach out like three months down the road or yeah. six months down the road where maybe things might have changed? And invariably, this response is, sure, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. So at least you've like created a context, almost like permission, like um, to be able to actually reach back out. Because like you said, you, you have no idea, like things change, circumstances change, constraints change. Mm-hmm. So who knows, maybe it could be possible um, down the road. So 
I feel like we've talked about a lot of um, good and valuable things. Final thoughts or input on the topic? Yes. I have a great story to end this podcast with, Jonathan. Great. (laughs) So, as you know, my father died last year. At his funeral, someone told the story, and it's so great that it ties into what we're talking about. And my dad was a county commissioner for years. There were three and they helped run the city. And then that changed. And then he ran for state legislature. Well, when he ran for state legislature, of course, he had interacted with all of those people. And one of the people that he had mentored um, was somebody who was in the legislature, much younger than him, but they had a great relationship and they'd worked together. And he had been very helpful to her. So she said when he got into the legislature, like his first day or whatever, he came to to my office and said, okay, so now you can mentor me. And he was in his 70s, right? So he's saying, I don't know everything. Yes, I've been in this space and I know a lot of people, but I've never been a state or a house representative. So he said, he was like, so now you can mentor me. And she was like, I can't mentor you. Of course. So everybody needs help. And I just love that in his mid 70s, he's he wasn't like, I got this all wrapped up. He's like, OK, I'm going to need some help in this new space, too. Mm, I love that. Isn't that a, a great story? What a wonderful story to wrap up on also. And I would offer up to anyone. Um, think about saying yes to that seven day ask for help challenge and um, see how it unfolds. You may be really surprised in a, in a, and, and delighted in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. As always, great to be sharing ideas and talking about this topic that I think people feel on a regular basis, but rarely ever talk about. And that is a a fantastic story. I love it. Um, For those who are excited for the seven-day challenge, say yes to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I hope you have enjoyed this two-part series on how to ask for help. And if you have just happened to tune in for this one as your first one, be sure to go back and listen to part one as well. So you can really understand why we actually don't ask for help, the things we grapple with that'll set up this conversation around how to actually do the thing. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you here next time on Spark. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.